Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. And hello, movie lovers. And tonight, I have one of my good friends with me. I have I have Don with me from the Multiverse of Geekdom, and we're going to be reviewing Dogma. And just to let everybody know, Dogma came out at a time where basically everybody was hypersensitive within the Catholic Church era and stuff like that. And there's some jokes within this movie itself might rub you the wrong way and things like that. So I'm just putting out a disclaimer on there. If you do not like Dogma, if you do not like Kevin Smith movies, I totally understand not everybody's going to like everything that we do. So... If you guys like Kevin Smith and you want to stick around for this dogma review, go on ahead, stick around, and let's go on ahead. Let's get on with the show. I'm excited to have Don here. I'm excited to be able to talk about Dogma. Let's do this. Hey, Don. Hello, sir. How are we doing tonight? Doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. Oh, you're welcome. It's always a pleasure to have you on here. I'm enjoying us doing the uh, doing these segments with you. And what better way to do a 1999 film of Dogma, which is also directed by Kevin Smith and written by Kevin Smith. This movie was also released in May of uh, 21st of 1999. And this movie also had a budget at the time of 10 million and made 44 million dollars at the box office. And I'm just going to give a brief synopsis of what this film's about in case anybody doesn't know what this is. But it's basically about Bartleby and Loki, who are fallen angels who are eternally banished from heaven to Wisconsin for insubordination after an aerated Loki resigned as an angel of death at Bartleby's suggestion. And that's basically the synopsis of this film. But this is totally ridiculousness. When, especially, you have George Collin uh, as the priest, which I thought was really funny. This film is was way ahead of its time in a sense, but also too not as ahead of its time because it's still stuff that goes on within the Catholic Church itself. But it's still funny. Oh yeah, absolutely, man. And forty-four million off of you said ten million. Yeah, that's right. I mean, ninety-nine. That's not too bad. No, for a 1999 budget, that's actually really good. Consider, yeah, yeah, they did pretty good with this movie. That's awesome. Good for them. And the cult classic you, it became after that. I mean, it had to have made a lot more than that. Obviously, we know that now. Yeah, especially when we look at like VHS tapes, DVDs, stuff like that, and merchandising that way. Sure. Sure. Because that was what they were banking on because of uh, VHS tapes and things like that to actually boost up their things. As a matter of fact, that's what helped them out with uh, the very first Clerks movie, which happens to be the most stolen film in Blockbuster. Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. So, that so that's sense. actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Totally. Totally. 
Yeah, no, man. It was really fun to get back there and, watch, and see this movie again. I haven't seen it in a while. I am a big Kevin Smith fan. Um, I, I would say either fortunately or unfortunately for me, Kevin Smith hit me at a time when I was a young stoner kid. So perfect timing to hit me. So, yeah, I, I drank the Kool-Aid immediately, man. Just love his comedic uh, style and, and everything. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, same here. As a matter of fact, I remember my grandmother, of all people, who's Catholic, she went on ahead, she went to Blockbuster, she rented this movie for me, not knowing the context of it, and I'm like 10 or 11. This movie's a lot deeper for a 10 or 11-year-old to actually oh, sit through this whole entire movie. Oh, yeah. I can't even say I would have even understood this totally when I watched it the first time. There's no way. No, the only thing I remember was Jay and Silent Bob telling jokes, and that was like the most relatable thing because I was like, I need to see more of Jay and Silent Bob. And yep. next thing I know, it I didn't realize there was this huge universe at that time of Jay and Silent Bob stuff or anything yep. like that. My very first introduction into Jay and Silent Bob was, of course, the Clerks animated cartoon show that they had. That was my okay. first introduction to that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Then Dogma happened. I'm like, wait, this is actually the dudes from the cartoon. So I'm like, okay, I'm in. So, but then this is also the peak of Matt Damon. This is also the peak of Ben Affleck as well. Yeah. So this is pretty good. You actually have Salma Hayek in this movie. You have, you have the list just goes on. This is basically Kevin Smith's Marvel Cinematic Universe, but stoner edition. Mm -hmm. Well, and they may even make a joke about this in in another Kevin Smith movie, the Jay and Silent Bob movie, where they... Uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are talking, and he's like, First, you do the the uh award movie, then you do the friend movie or the the uh favor movie. That's what this is. They're always, you know, he always gets them to come back and, and play parts in his movies. And I think they actually enjoy it, but you know, he's said many times, I've heard Kevin Smith say a few times that they're not quite as close as they used to be. So getting them is a little harder now than it used to be. So, right. Because but you it know was they're fun big getting now. them at their height, but he got them at their height, which is even more impressive, honestly. Exactly. Yeah. But when we actually see this happen, we actually see the angels who just um, who just wants to go home. That's all uh, Barnaby, and that's all uh, Loki wants to do. They want to go home, but little do they know that if they go go through those doors during that ceremony, it causes havoc on Earth to the point where this is destruction of Earth, and the banter between Matt Damon and and Ben Affleck is just hilarious through this yeah. whole entire film. Yeah, I mean, they have chemistry, obviously. They know each other very well. So, yeah, they work so well off each other just being able to go back and forth. It's honestly one of my favorite scenes in the in the movie because I love that after he after Matt Damon, uh, Loki messes with that woman, the, the nun, and he's like, you've literally had a conversation with God before. He's like, what? <laughs> get out of this i just i love that back and forth between them it's so great same here and then josh carlin also bringing out buddy christ is also another thing that i thought was funny oh yeah oh the crucifix part is like well the crucifix with jesus on the cross has been a little outdated today so you know what we're gonna do is we're gonna roll out the new version yeah so buddy christ yeah That was actually something that made me laugh, especially the way that they that they actually have him looking pretty much like the big Lebowski in a sense. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's yeah. That's that's exactly what it looks like. Right. <laughs> I agree. I agree. 
I agree, man. Yeah, now it's it, yeah that opening scene is great because I'm a huge Carlin fan, and I mean I think it's anybody that knows Carlin knows his views on religion. So that being said, having him as the high cardinal or priest or whatever he is of that church and doing all this, it's just it, it's it's a funny joke. It's a funny meta joke that um, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed in this. Just because he's, he's not scared to do it. I mean, he's not. I don't think he's ever trying to disrespect religion in any way, but he's having fun with it. I think, I think so too. Yeah. But I don't think he's ever trying to be disrespectful. I don't think he has that feeling of it. No, I think it's just him doing his job as an actor and tried to make the scene as funny as possible with the, and yeah. stuff like that's, that's the context I actually have with it. And things like that, right. and of course, well, it even says in the in general. Though I don't think Kevin Smith either is ever trying to like make fun of anything or be be mean spirited. It's all supposed to just be you know just fun. Just these, exactly. are, these are silly. These are silly things to point out. It's it's not. It's okay to laugh at these things. Like that's pretty much what he's saying. Like, it's okay. Relax. Like we're just having some fun. So exactly, and then of course you see anyone who enters the church during the. Uh, Rededication festivals will receive a plenary indulgence remitting all sins for the banished angels to undergo the rite and then die after transmuting into human form. God would have no choice but to allow them re-entry into heaven. They are encouraged by the demon Arizel and the Sidagian uh, triplets, three teenage hoodlums who serve Israel in hell, which is three teenagers who have hockey sticks. And then you also have the demon who just walks around with like a white Hudson Hawk uh, suit who just goes into people's homes and just um, does like a home invasion, if you think about it, and just... Because he wants uh, their goes AC. Off. Yeah. He wants their AC because hell is hot. <laughs> That's one of the funniest <laughs> jokes in the movie, too. It's so quick, but it's so funny. <laughs> The little nods yeah, here and yeah, there yeah. and the characterization of the characters is what I la laugh about the most is because of the fact that they're poking mm -hmm. fun at their own characters, which makes it even that much funnier. Like you mentioned the AC and of course he's a demon. So therefore he needs AC. So therefore he's going to want to go in that person's house for the AC because he, he's is harder than hell. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a quick joke, but it's really funny funny really placed and really funny yeah yeah i again i just i love the the smartness of, of it all but another one is that uh so somehow um we know that god is not there <laughs> something's happened so right and then of course you also yeah. have beth well like you said bethany is also having problems with her faith yeah. That's also oh, another we, thing. We kind of, we skipped a little bit past because I want to talk about the the, the great Alan Rickman man and that opening scene with him. Okay, we'll talk. Let's do it. Yeah, I. It's it's one of the great. It's another one of the great scenes in this movie with Alan Rickman man. Just Alan Rickman just being just being able to have some fun with some dialogue and just be him is so great. He's just so great in this scene. He's like hence the when he's spitting the the shots back into. The, to the thing he's telling the whole story why they can't drink and because of Bartleby and Loki and just yeah it's it's so right. Al Rickman being Al Rickman is just so great yes he's supposed to be the voice of God and then of course he's up in yes. Bethany's 
uh, apartment. And of course, Bethany is actually. And what is his What is his name? Uh, Metatron. Metatron. Metatron, which is basically making <laughs> yes. fun of Megatron. Yes, it's so good. And yeah. Bethany is actually a woman who is actually works for an abortion clinic for pro-choice, yeah. and she's having trouble with her faith. And then, of course, that's a, when. She winds up going to bed one night, and then all of a sudden she hears the voice of God, which is Metatron, which is played by none other than Alan Rickman. Then, of yeah. course, I like how her room goes up in flames, and then yeah. she goes, "Who the f? Or who the fuck are you?" He goes, "Oh, the flames didn't do enough for you. Was was that not enough? Was that not an indication of who I am?" Yeah, which I thought was hilarious. And then he goes, she goes well, "I just like that she had the head, like the the where." With all our extinguisher, like I would have been freaking out. <laughs> I don't know oh yeah, I <laughs> grab one like that. I don't know if I would have just been able to grab one. I would have been like, "What is going on right now? Am I asleep? Am I awake?" Oh man, exactly. Because if I saw like my room burning and I'm hearing this voice, I wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. To the point where no. I'm like, "Do I... no," because it's like, "Do I go ahead and try and put this out? What's the deal? What do I do?" And then you also have this other part where, you know, she goes, don't rape me. She goes, he goes look, how am I going to rape you? He lifts up, he unbutton, he unzips his pants. He goes, I don't have a penis. I cannot, I cannot rape you, even if I tried. What is the lie? I'm, I'm anatomically correct as a Ken yeah, doll. And- <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be funnier, though, if he actually said he was anatomically incorrect? <laughs> Is that a correct? Yeah. I just, I, again, just Alan Rickman, man. I mean, he's just so yeah. great. So, yeah, watching him just have fun with some some dialogue is great, man. Because it's so silly, obviously. You know, just the way he's, the story he's telling and, and, and the way he's telling it. Sorry. No, it's okay. But I also like the part where Alan winds up taking her to this Mexican restaurant. They actually basically just transport themselves over into the Mexican restaurant and just, oh, I'm in Mexico? No, actually you're in the Mexican restaurant across a couple blocks from your house. I'm yeah. only, I'm not that powerful. <laughs> and, that, and, and then I like how he's, like you said, with the, uh, with the bottle, spitting it back into the bottle and stuff like that because he can't drink. And then you also yeah. have that, well, there's actually a blooper in this movie though too, in this scene. We're oh, really? basically, yeah, basically when okay. she's okay. So basically, is this whenever she's in her pajamas, she you could definitely tell that her shirt's unbuttoned a little bit, and then it goes into another. Okay. In that same scene, you see the camera go again, and it's buttoned. So there's a little small blooper with the wardrobe and everything that I thought gotcha, that was actually gotcha. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't catch it though. Yeah, I never. I didn't catch it. I'd have, I'd have to go back. But then, of course, he winds up telling her, hey, look, you need to stop these angels. There's going to be two prophets that you're going to uh, meet up with that's going to help you. Crap. And so <clears throat> she's like, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is all just BS anyway. So the next and then, of course, the next day she or the next night, she winds up getting jumped by those hoodlums who are actually hockey players. And then that's when she meets up with yeah. Jay and Silent Bob. Yes. And, and yeah. he doesn't actually say prophet. <clears throat> I, this one, I was a little going back and watching it again. When he says prophet, he's talking about profit, like making profit and money. 
I right. thought I, I I I thought there was going to be like an actual profit reference. Like I'm a prophet. I know what's going to happen or something like that. I, I just I didn't remember that connection. And when it happened, I was like, "Oh, that's a little weird." Okay, I thought he would have been a little more clever with that line. Just I think that it is clever in a sense because I don't think he's using it as, as in a biblical sense as to a prophet, but he's actually thinking a prophet like in modern day money. So you have two people who make profit. Who happens to be prophets? So okay, so that's, that's what, yeah. so that's what I'm thinking of when it's actually using that joke. I can but, see that. Okay, for sure. So in her sense, though, she's using it in the biblical sense of these two idiots are going to be my prophet, yeah. and then Jay and them are over there saying prophets, and then they have like a hundred dollar bills. They're making money off of weed and selling drugs and stuff. So that's the oh, yeah. sense that I, oh, yeah, I got with the profit and profits. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Again, I, like I said, I just, I, I just didn't remember what the the line that connected that to her was, and then when it happened again, and because I hadn't seen the movie in so long, it was just like, oh, okay. I was like, oh, that, that was a little weird, but that, that does make sense for sure. I was just thinking just, that's something Jay would say. Jay would absolutely say he's a prophet or something like that. That's why I thought it would be a good line. Like yeah. it's like, yeah, you lady, yeah, yo, I'm a I'm a prophet, yo. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely <laughs> something he would say. So Bong. <laughs> then, yeah. but I like how Jay and them beat up these hoodlums and then basically they <laughs> go running off and then we um then he Kevin Smith does this horror element kind of vibe to it that I really liked. Was you can definitely tell the houses were kind of fake, like the street was kind of yeah. fake, and then the hockey, uh, the hoodlum hockey player takes his hockey sticks and stick and just rips uh, the the pa- paper to make it look like he's going into another scene, mm-hmm. which has that horror element kind of nightmare and Elm Street kind of vibe to it. That I was like, sure. ooh, this is actually very frightening in a sense. Yeah. It's a cool scene, yeah, definitely, because they're like open, yeah, like you said, opening up a hole in time, so in space and time, really. So, yeah, it's a real. It's because uh, I was thinking about it too, and I was like, and it goes back together, man. It's such a cool effect for back then for them to pull that off. For the for the effects to be in 1999, they still hold up. I agree. Uh, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. I think that scene there, especially, was really seamless. There, it was really well. For sure, and, but there, uh, the, 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 I mean, most of the effects that are like really that would be really hard. Like the we'll get to it, but the the monster is that's practical to an extent. Yeah, you're talking about the turd monster, or yeah, yeah. I mean, there's not a lot of special special effects in this, but yeah, I mean, I think he, I think he did pretty damn well for for the time for sure. It holds up. It definitely does hold up, and. Another uh, part that I really thought that was actually funny, where it's just a quote that I thought that was funny. Somebody sold their soul to Satan to get the grosses up on the piece of shit serendipity. <laughs> yeah, she was not eighteen of the nineteen. Right. <laughs> was the other one? <laughs> no part of that. <laughs> I wonder. Um, what the, I, I don't know what that joke is. Is that a Macaulay Culkin joke? But. I think I so. I actually don't know what that connection. Okay, I was going to say because that sounds like something he would do, like make just like yeah, I don't. I'm going to mess with Macaulay Culkin a little bit. <laughs> it sounds like because he was still do. a pop icon in a sense in the in the '90s as well. 
So sure, sure. Oh yeah. I always then, wanted to uh, see that. I always wanted to see that um, they were going to do the um, uh, high alone. Oh yeah. <laughs> with him in it, I wanted to see that so bad. <laughs> I thought that would have been hilarious. Then you also have this other funny scene that I liked was like the next day because Jay winds up burning the transmission out of her car. He goes, what gear are you in? Gear? Oh, my God. And then he, uh, my first line that he says, what makes you think that this bitch knows how I how, how to drive? Because <laughs> you asked to drive. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and he sort of tries to put the blame on What's Bethany. when <laughs> He's really great at writing for Jay. He's really great at writing for Jay. He definitely is. I mean, this character reminds me of my friend Stormy, who's a who was a stoner back in high school, and he fits the narrative of Jay's to a T. But the thing that I thought was funny though, the next day they're walking down the thing, they're arguing and bickering amongst each other, and then Jay goes, "Naked men just don't fall out of the sky every day," and then all of a sudden, a naked man does fall out of the sky. Oh, and he man. goes, big titty woman, just don't fall on the sky. <laughs> <I know. laughs> then, oh, man. And then it happens to be Chris Rock, which I thought was hilarious yeah. because I never oh. knew that Chris Rock and Kevin Smith were even friends. So that makes it even more comical. Yeah. No, it's it's a great cameo. It's a great cameo. And and he, he's got some of the best lines, man. He's got some of the funniest lines. Like, oh man, just <laughs> the um talking when when he's when they're all sitting around at movies eating the the, the chicken man and <laughs> those Jay's like you think about men when you masturbate. Yeah, he goes, You masturbate more than ever anybody else on this planet. He goes, Well, hell man, that's oh. everybody knows that. Because when you do it, you think of men. And then you see but the, 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 the Bob joke comes just... back when they're in the in the strip club and He's like, he's like, I'm here trying to prove I'm not gay, and and she's like, what? And he's like, it's a long story. <laughs> and then this is also another thing that comes into the profit part, where um, you see them see them paying for the stripper, and he, yeah. there's this oh, beef man. war between this gang and and Jay and Silent Bob, oh, and man. he's like, and I like how they're using the Michael Jackson song in the yeah. background. I don't know and how he got is, that. I don't know either because this is actually the second movie that I know of that he used the Michael Jackson Jackson Five song for one of his movies. He did it for Clerks Two and he did it for this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he used ABC for um, Clerks Two and then this one. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how he got rights to that because that that, that yeah that just doesn't seem right that he would let he would let that happen. I would like to know what the conversation was like with Michael Jackson at that time. Because you know Michael Jackson was like hypersensitive about who he lets use his music. Yeah, and who makes absolutely. It. But I'm guessing because of the fact you're not making fun of Michael and you're using it in a strip club, it's fine. But if you're using it to make fun of him, Eminem, uh, then yeah, then I could actually see a problem. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. But the way they do thing. this with the, the beat, the way they do the. Um, Music with the beat with the money makes me laugh, and then they're doing like, yeah. Oh, and Selma Hayek's great too, just going back and, you, and forth. Yeah, and you would think that she wouldn't fit into this film at all, 
but right. she fits into this film fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's not just a a, a a cameo for no reason. She she really does fit, and and he writes her in, where like you said, she does fit throughout the whole movie because she comes back later. So, and of course, he plays serendipity, which is serendipitous, which I thought was actually pretty cool. Like each person that was a mythological kind of treat person is actually having their own character being presented in that mythology. So I thought that was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, again, the meta jokes are really great. The meta yeah. jokes are really, really, really good. Yeah, I agree. And then you also have this other thing that's being played out too. While this is going on, you actually have Loki and um, Barnaby. And basically, they're in the airport. And my favorite line that Matt Damon says to him is like, here, take it, take this. So the way it doesn't look like we broke up in the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Yeah, them two. Uh, yeah, every scene they're in is great. I, I think those two really do. I mean, obviously, we know who they are now, but they steal that movie, man. I mean, they really steal that movie. <laughs> the dynamic so between Matt Damon and him is fantastic. Don't get me wrong. We saw that in uh, that one Matt Damon movie before that, which was it was uh, with Robin Williams. He played oh, the, yeah, uh, Goodwill Hunting. Goodwill yeah. Hunting. But we didn't get to see the online chemistry, but online chemistry, the chemistry between the two of them until this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're, 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 they're just they're definitely the show stealers of the movie easily. Definitely. Yeah. And especially the part where they go up inside this business office and a movies, which is also like you said, you believe that go ahead and tell everybody what you thought that they were making fun of. And then I'll talk about some of my favorite lines from that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I I mean, I immediately thought of Disney. I mean, I think it's just a commentary on big business in general at that time and those type of businesses at that time. But it's definitely a shot at Disney. <laughs> I mean, they talk about the bi-coastal um, uh, theme parks and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, the, the shows, the spinoffs, the, all that crap. Yeah, I mean, it's a... Uh, the, the, <laughs> it's all there. So that's immediately what I think of, though. And, uh with the, the the lines, at least the specific things he mentions of what, right. what their crimes are. And I like how he go they go through each one of their sins. It's like, oh well, you and then he finally he can't say this one out loud because of the fact that it's so vile. Because the thing is like, oh, you are te- you are the shit bag of all shit bags. Yeah, yeah. And even Matt Damon says it. He just that line. You know what he said, which is that's your son. (laughs) How could you do that? Yeah, that was your son. And then next thing you know, it they cap everybody. Everybody's dead, all all except this one woman. And then Loki looks at her. Goes, "Well, congratulations. You are the survivor. You have not done anything wrong." And then he's like, "But you did not say God bless you when I sneezed." (laughs) Oh man. He's like, Loki, get out of here. <laughs> He's like, no. <laughs> He's like, you're, you're getting off easy. <laughs> what am I? Other- was like, what the hell's going on? Like, I just oh, witnessed man. all these pe- all my colleagues dying because of things that they've done, and he's telling you me can't that believe you're going to be the actual one that survives. You can't actually believe you're the one that's going to survive. Right. You have to think you're dead too. So you're just like, 
<laughs> Shit. <laughs> but yeah, yeah the, the stuff that they and do. The voodoo, the, the voodoo doll scene too is so funny. Yeah, talk uh, about that real quick. Just the, the way, because he, he shows them the voodoo doll first. Then they have the whole Matt Damon speech, or uh, uh, Ben Affleck speech, which puts the fear of God literally into all of them for... <laughs> pun intended i guess um but then he goes back and at this point they are so scared they're willing to believe that that really like this dude is really willing to believe that he's gonna die if he squishes this voodoo doll so it's just so funny that it it, it's set up and then they come back to it at the perfect time when it makes cashback is not available on gas in new jersey wisconsin hey good morning you're heading the airport right yeah thanks for checking i like the car how long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around 200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every Every time you buy gas, use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Sense to do it. Because if he, he tries that before the speech, it doesn't work. Do you know what no. I mean? So it, it's just, it, I, I just, I love the joke of the co- uh, coming back to it. And that guy just being like, oh, oh, like, oh crap, am I dead? <laughs> am I dead? Because <laughs> at this point, this dude has no idea what's about to happen. Like he has no idea. So, you know, these two guys are in there telling them everything that they've ever done. And they're all just like, wait, how, 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 who, who, which one of y'all said something to these people? Like, who, who ratted us out? <laughs> This is yeah. just classic writing from Kevin Smith and directing from Kevin Smith. And again, that... could go completely silly. And it, it is, but could go completely silly where it's not even, you're just like, all right, what is the point of this? But because it's them too, man, because it's them too. Another thing that Bethany asked uh, Metatron though, too, that I like was, what's he like? God, lonely, but funny. He's got a great sense of humor. Take sex, for example. There's nothing funnier than the ridiculous faces you people make. (laughs) Sex is is a joke in heaven? Well, I hear it's a joke down here, too. (laughs) Man. Again, Rickman being Rickman, man. Just the way he can deliver a line like that is so funny. funny. And you would think that Alan Rickman wouldn't fit into this either because of how his dial tone is and how... He's, you know, how slowly he speaks because if he's always going to be Snape in my eyes and oh, uh, rotting him, Nottingham as well. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Hans, Hans Gruber. That's, yeah. Hans uh, is iconic. How could I ever forget? Yeah. yeah. You would think but, that he wouldn't no, fit into I, it. I think it, I think it really shows that he's just having fun, man. He really is just having fun with the, with the dialogue and just kind of trying stuff. Like I'm going to, do it this way. <laughs> See if it works. Like, just I'm gonna have some fun with it, and that's probably that's perfect for a Kevin Smith movie because, like, you know, he's probably like, sure, <laughs> like go ahead, try it, whatever you want to do, man. Exactly. Care. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So let's see here. Now we actually have now a target. Bethany is attacked by the triplets who are driven by the two Torful prophets, drug dealing stoners. Okay, that's what we talked about. And then on a train to New Jersey, a drunken Bethany reveals her mission to Barnaby. He tries to kill her. And this scene makes me laugh, though, because ironically, it's Loki and Barnaby on the same train because of the fact that their plane was delayed. So therefore, they had to find another uh, way of transportation. And that's how they wind up meeting up with her. But before we get over to that, though, we also have that other thing where we actually have Sama Hayek and them facing off against shit demons. And then we also have (laughs) the thing with uh, Azariel, too, where uh, basically he's saying, look, you guys need to go in and keep a low profile. If you guys fly around and everything is going to cause different things to happen. You guys need to keep a low profile. And then you also have... um, this other thing, too, where you wind up seeing uh, the golf club being swung at Azrael, though this is also being taking place at the bar as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, the golf club is uh, because it was um, he blessed his clubs to have a better golf game. <laughs> he goes, oh, what do you, and Jason oh, Lee is God. fantastic in this. He's like, I'm a demon. You cannot kill me. Then yeah. he winds up cracking the yeah. dude's basically um, is great. He's this demon fantastic. Basically, if you think about a demon like this, he's basically um the person who checks out the architect work with everybody, mm-hmm. like uh, like a union worker in mm-hmm. a sense, where he checks and makes sure that everything is going according to plan. That's the way I got his character. Yeah, oh definitely. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> he just he plays it so great. Jason Lee, I've always said, is really good at overacting, but not making you notice that he's overacting while he's doing it. It feels normal. It feels just like a person being silly. I, I don't, I don't, I, and I'm probably saying it wrong, but do you know what I mean? You're right. It's like he's just being himself versus, you know, just like over the very over the top. The way he would actually talk to somebody. Versus yeah. just acting in a movie, basically. Right. Where he just like loses himself within playing this like a like a like a mustache twirling type person, but it's not it's not silly. Do you know? It's not quite like it's it, like it settled normal. Yeah, yeah. It's it's As, so weird how he can play those type of people. It, he's really good at it. He's very very good at it. Yeah. Then, like I said, but then you also have that part where the club winds up cracking his chest open, black blood winds up spilling out. And then he winds up dying. And that scene was also another thing that I'd actually thought of instantly was that that scene was actually very horrific and very uh, gory kind of nightmare on Arm Street, Wes Craven kind of vibe to it as well. Sure. Also, the thing it also had a little bit of a thing kind of vibe to it, though, too. Yeah, absolutely. From Carpenter. Yeah, absolutely, man. It was it's 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 definitely a creepy scene. And talk about the fact that she is. Um, um, the spawn of Jesus's brothers and sisters. <laughs> so she has the ability to bless the water and make it holy water so they can kill the three little demon dudes. <laughs> but, but the fact that serendipity knew the yes about the golf club is, is, is really great. And that she's just like, yeah, dude, go ahead. You're, you got it. You can hit him with it. He's going to die. And he's so like, like you said, he's just like, yeah, go ahead, do it. Whatever you got. Maybe with it. I don't care. He has no idea. 
then uh, all of a sudden he dies because he blessed the clubs. And then after that happens, they wind up killing the, uh, you know, basically Satan's helpers, which is yes. uh, those three hockey players. And then after that winds up happening, you wind up having the shit demons. And <laughs> that was something that I was not expecting. Mm-mm. At all. No, not at all. <laughs> that is not something I saw coming now. I don't think anybody could have. Yes. Hey, Joseph. I agree. But I agree, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, yeah, the shit demons happen. Then after that, they wind up killing them. Then we wind up getting them on the tr- Then, of course, this whole entire train thing happens. And, you know, when we see that being played out, and like, you're then you have a little bit of a suspense kind of thriller kind of things like, What's going to be revealed now, now that Bethany and them are actually cross, crossing each other's paths? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, and then Matt Damon's like, yeah, me and Loki, we've been together forever over the, over the years. And, you know, just, oh, that's so nice. You guys have been in the army together. It's nice that you got rid of that whole entire political BS that they have in the army. Just, what are you talking about? We're not. We haven't been stationed or anything. We, we're not, we're just very good friends. We're good roommates. Oh, okay. Next thing you know, mm-hmm. you find out that they're going in there to try and go into the church, and they're trying to keep her, them out. And then you have this whole thing where Jay winds up throwing them off the train out of the train. Yeah. Uh, my first instinct was this: they could just fly back over into the cart. Yeah. Right. No. Well. And those type of trains, don't they usually have those things like that cover the outside up so you can walk through freely? Yeah, they have that yeah. too. So, yeah. <laughs> but no, they just decide to go. Hey, it's Kevin Smith, man. Like, right, he's exactly. going to just go with the silliness. He's going to go for the silliness. So I'm not mad at it at all. But you're right. It is funny because it's just like, wait a minute. This would be, he would just seem to be laying there. Right, and because then they just go over to the next scene where they're like, oh, okay, so now we're going to go over to where the church is and beat them to it. And uh, then you also have, of course, that whole entire deal where everything's going to hell in a handbasket because of things that are happening. And then you actually have it to where now Loki does not want to cause mischief. Now it's Barnaby who snaps. Mm -hmm. And George Collins out there trying to do this whole entire ceremony. And I like the confrontation between Carlin and him. I thought that was actually mm-hmm. a pretty funny, funny thing. I'll let you go yeah. in and talk about that. Oh yeah. No, he's, he's not taking any crap from him at that moment. <laughs> not from Carlin, not from Carlin at all. He snapped at this point. I think we, yeah. I mean, even, um, even Loki said that he's like, He's up there. I don't know what the hell he's doing. I've already cut my wings. <laughs> like I've already given it. He's up there doing his thing. Like I just want to just get back. Like I just want to get back. I don't care about any more anything else. So again, but Affleck, dude, Affleck is giving it in this movie. He's not holding back. Like he's not just phoning it in. He's really truly that scene when he starts floating down in front of the church. It's just like he literally is trying to look like Jesus. He's like this and. She, <laughs> he's having so much fun. Like he's an apoptic angel who's gonna give oh out a God. message of God. That 
and you know at that time his ego had to be like that like he really was probably like that at that time so it's it's yeah it's hilarious to see him like that and i like that kevin smith is able to take those punches at him and he can have fun with it the fact that I he do can too. take the joke yeah i mean it, it's he's uh, he's probably actually a cool dude i think so too i mean it just shows you the level that Ben Affleck can actually play whenever he has given the right type of role and giving him the freedom to do whatever he wants to do. And that's exactly what Kevin did. I could just see him. Look, look, man, I, I love what you're doing, but you're kind of going over to the dark side a little bit. <laughs> with this. You're not the angel Barnaby. And then yeah. I could just see him getting into the match. What the f do you mean that I'm not the angel? <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely like that. And then of course you wind up seeing, Jay, and then you see uh, them go over to see this destruction happening, and then the first thing that instantly that Jay decides to do is to get her, get Bethany out of the way, mm-hmm. so that way Jay, and so that way um, Silent Bob and Serendipity could go on ahead and do it. But remember, at the very beginning, he goes, "Okay, so you, will you fuck me if the world is coming to an end?" And there were the only two people alive. Just yes, I promise. Okay, then. I, Next thing you know, it Jay's just go, has his own intentions. He's going to try to protect her. Yep. <laughs> and he we goes, got five minutes left. That's what he said. Right. Goes, look. <laughs> Bethany's look you on her face. <laughs> the look on Bethany's face is like, what the hell are you doing? She's, and that's what she ends up saying. He goes, well, you said that if it was the end of the world, you would fuck me. Guess what? We have five minutes left. It's time to get fucked, is basically mm-hmm. what he's saying. Mm-hmm. And he's getting out the condom. He's got everything ready. And, 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 and as childish as we know that he is as a person, he really believes like that's a verbal contract. Like, like you have to do it now. Like there's no getting out of it at this point. You can't just say no. It was a joke. He doesn't understand that. He doesn't know. No. <laughs> and the bad thing is that's my friend Stormy though. My friend Stormy was like that too. Like I know I, I, I talked about him a couple of times on my podcast but, okay, I'm just going to give you a story of him and how he sounds. And tell me if this does not sound like uh, Jay, Jay, okay? Okay. It's like, bro, I went to uh, Barnes & Noble, and I had a Karma Sutra book. And I had this girl with me that I was going to bang. And, bro, bro, let me just tell you, there, there's just no way. There's just no way that you can actually flex her legs over her head like that, bro. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you, man, there's just no fucking way. And of course, I was like, you know, Stormy, you, of course, you ended up doing something. Of course. What the fuck do you think? I'm like, <laughs> so. That's so great. That is so. So great. that's that's him to a T. That's all. Awesome. So, um, but yeah. So then we wound up having this one part where Tom Domingo. <laughs> yeah, definitely yes. Tom. Absolutely. But then we also have where he actually makes sense, though. He says, well, if you go in and plug this one person's machine, guess what? That's it destroys the whole entire deal where they won't destroy the world. Mm-hmm. So she's like, what did you just say? And then he doesn't even know what he's saying. And he winds up. He's like, what did I say? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and I like that they're playing with that whole, uh, well, there's two things they're playing with. So one is that, um, you know, 
time if if God is incorrect for some reason, then time will end because he's infallible. So he's playing with that whole you know part of, of Christianity and, and and Catholicism. But then he's also playing with the fact that which this one's weird for me. So that I actually have a question about it, or <clears throat> not a question, but just <clears throat> kind of a comment on it. So. If God takes human form and then goes and plays skee ball every weekend, <laughs> which I'm sorry, little unfair, little unfair. All right, I mean, I'm buying okay. tickets to the little kids in the neighborhood. That's awesome. I have no issue with that. But a little unfair, God. Come on, you can't be the best at everything. Anyway, no, anyway, but it, how I don't understand though. If he does go into a coma, he is still God though. He can still just like get himself out, or she can get herself out of. Not um, unless they're doing it this way, where basically you. This is going into biblical stuff, but no, yeah, basically, sure, sure. <laughs> but okay. So God gave His own truly forgotten Son to go on the die on the cross, which means He could have got off the cross at any time He wanted to, hmm. but He didn't. He chose to sacrifice Himself. So in a sense, with the in a sense though, this is also in that kind of same aspect, except for one thing. God is actually hooked up in a coma. And he could get himself out of out of it, but he chooses not to because he knows that if he winds up getting himself out of it, he may not have be able to sacrifice himself to be able to save everybody again. Okay. What do you think? Right. No, I'll go with it. No, I'll go with it. Yeah, like I said, I just it, it was just weird to me. I was just like, well, why don't he just because even uh um uh, Metatron says, "Well, he could he could stop it, but he he's not here. Like it's well, that's why I had to get her. Like I didn't want to get her, but I had to get her. <laughs> Basically, right. what he told her, it's like I didn't want to get her, but I had to. I didn't know what else to do. He was gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, it's like there's God, and then there's her. I don't know, <laughs> right? No in between anymore. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so." <laughs> So then after that winds up happening, she tells yeah. Jay to distract him, distract Barnaby. Mm-hmm. And you, that's like the last person that you want distracting anybody. He goes on and kid, gets an Uzi, flips off Matt Damon's, uh, not Matt Damon, Ben Affleck's wings, causes him to be like a fallen angel mm-hmm. to where he's actually a human form, which is exactly what he wanted. Even serendipitous, like, what the hell did you just do? You just basically gave him what he wanted. And my first initial thought whenever that happened was like, you do know that you could probably stab him just like the way you stabbed Matt Damon, uh, Matt Damon's character and make him into human human form now, which is also Mm -hmm. beneficial for you guys, too, even though you gave him what he wanted. So therefore, he doesn't have that superhuman strength. So therefore, he's easier to actually be stopped. So that was my first initial thought. Sure. Oh, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Why don't you why don't you just shoot him now? Right, just shoot him in the head. But then again, he ran out of bullets, chopping well, off yeah, all the right. weights. Well, yeah, so right. there goes that. That is true. Yes, convenient. The the convenient movie things that happen. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, uh, this is also another thing that winds up happening where all the pairs lost. Jay attempts to seduce. Be- okay, we also talked about that. That was my notes. Uh, Bethany finally mm-hmm. puts all the clues together. She and Bob race across the street to the hospital as they're trying to. Keep Bethany from entering the church, but in doing so, Jay destroys his wings. We talked about that, making him mortal as well. Bethany disconnects John's life support, liberating God by killing herself. Bethany bodily reaches the church entrance where he confronts God, manifested 
in female form who alienates him with her voice. Bob arrives with Bethany's lifeless body. God re uh, resurrects her and invites a child, the new last psychon psych within her womb. God, uh, Mariton, Rufus, and Serendipity return to heaven, leaving Bethany and the prophets to reflect on the past and the future. So a lot happened there, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing that I thought that was actually uh, funny was the fact, okay, so in biblical terms, it says that his words are basically will kill you instantly. And that's exactly what would happen mm -hmm. with, with Barnaby's and everything too, where basically his own voice killed him. And that's why mm -hmm. he was dead. And then, of course, you wind up having the resurrection of Bethany, who winds up living. And then I like how she said, well, you can't talk to me like that. Because he goes, when are me and this bitch going to fuck? So then he's like, <laughs> you cannot talk to me any that way anymore. Why? Because oh, you've got a my. child now to raise. It's like, what? <laughs> Dude, not even that. <laughs> when he walks up to her, to God... When Jay walks up to God and just starts cussing her out, <laughs> and Metatron's like, "Dude, chill out and just look into her eyes," and he's like, "He's like, no, what the hell is going on here? Who the hell is this bitch? And what the?" <laughs> it's so hard at that part because <laughs> he's so stupid. He's like, "Who the f is this? Bethany is dead. Everything's gone to hell, and I'm supposed to look in her eyes. How am I supposed to oh, look in her God. eyes when she's dead?" And he's just going no. on a rant. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. And Alanis Morissette is great. She plays this part really. The, like the way she plays it, so playful and kitty. When she's like in the background, just like doing like handstands on the tree and stuff. <laughs> just like the hell is she doing back? There? It looks like a hippie. She looks <laughs> <Yeah>. like. <laughs> That's exactly it what works. It actually it does. It's so funny. It works. It's like yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. <laughs> but all in all, I think that this film is really, I have to say, nostalgically, it does not measure up nostalgically for me because of the fact that I was 11 years old being introduced to this film by my grandmother, who happens to be Catholic, which sure. is, I thought was hilarious. Um, but yeah, that's going, funny that's funny. yeah, <laughs> I told my I told my friends this story all the time. He goes, wait, your grandmother was Catholic. She introduced you to this film at age 11. I said, I guess I was a very mature eleven-year-old to, to <laughs> think that I could actually handle a movie like this. Oh man, yeah. So, as far as a fresh take on this, I think it still measures up. I still think that you could still get the laughs that you need out of this. I don't. I think this is also a film that was ahead of its time, in mm -hmm. a sense, though, too, because this is actually during the time where people were still actively going to church, and then, of course, now you see a falling away of it. And then that's also being reflected into this film. Every single time I see the part where you actually have uh, the priest preaching and then you have these kids with headphones on misbehaving mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Yeah, it, yeah. that it, I don't know why. It always makes me, whenever I see some, hear someone say, oh, there's a falling away, I automatically think of that scene with the headphones on. Okay. I do not know okay. why. Every single time. I, I would be interested to see a sequel to this now from him. Just to see where his head is now in this same, just as, just with this topic now. Especially when we have the heart attack. Mm -hmm. sure. sure. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, I, I, I think it would be interesting if he revisited this, actually, now. 
I think this, uh, since I think he's done with Clerks, I think this will be a perfect one for him to revisit. Yeah, I think Mallrats was the one he was trying to uh, do a sequel to, too, at some point. Yeah. He talked yeah. about doing a Mallrats sequel, and then from rumors I heard, he was going to do a TV series, and then he decided not to do a TV series, and then it turned into a movie again. So I think he's flip-flopping back and forth on deciding on what he wants to do as far as the direction goes. Yeah. But I wouldn't. I would love to see them do this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, I would. I would definitely like the sequel to this. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think there's a lot of meat there that he can actually grind out, especially when he was young, and then he had the heart attack. Now that he's older, and seeing self reflection mm-hmm. off of him on how what on what he thinks, not only spiritually but also on a realm of as a director who's still doing some self reflection and self evaluation on him, his own self. So. Mm-hmm. That's something sure. I would like to think. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, it would be fun. Like I said, I think definitely now where, where he is now too in life, it would be fun to just see him retackle this topic. Yeah, for sure. And I would like to see Jay and them being a prophet again. Just to... Oh yeah. Oh, it has to be. He, he, yeah, it would have to be. Yeah. But not sure. with the same actress. I would like to see another person oh, well, and then like the baby. We could because then now that's the last scion. Right. So, yeah. So that could be the new, yeah. It'll be it'll funny probably, if it's like Harley. It'll be Harley. Just for chits and giggles, I'd like to see it be like Keanu and just. Oh, oh my God. If he did, yeah. Holy crap. He did that. <laughs> Since he is the one from The Matrix, so he would be like the one for Dogma 2. This is like, awesome. even though the timeline doesn't match up, but it would just be. It would, yeah, but then again, right. It would be hilarious. Absolutely. That would be hilarious for sure. It would probably be Harley, though. Yeah. It would probably Harley, be. without a doubt. Yeah. More than likely. If, if he did it now. I don't know. Maybe not. I think, though, we'll probably get the conclusion of the Jay and Silent Bob trilogy before that. True. Just because I think he's going to want to make that a trilogy now because Reboot was actually pretty well received, at least by the fans. Okay. So. Well. That's everything as far as dogma goes that I had wanted to talk about. What about you? Yeah, man, I think we touched on pretty much, yeah, pretty much everything, man. It's, it's, I just love this movie, man. I really love this movie a lot. So I'm really glad, I'm really glad you invited me on to do this one again, man, because it was really fun going back and watching this movie. I'm glad that you had a good time watching this because I did. Well, it was great because I really didn't remember a lot of the jokes. I, I remembered the bigger stuff, but some of the smaller stuff and just, Getting to kind of rehear it again for the first time almost was was really fun. So same here. It was like a first time watch after so many years, and I forgot some of the jokes. I just mm-hmm. remember the shooting, and then the "God bless you" quote, and things like that. Sure, and some other stuff. But still, I really enjoy this one. But I'm hoping next week I'll be able to do um, a Mall Rats review coming up next week, okay. uh, probably on a Thursday for that one because I know. Wednesdays, we have our Last of Us review. Speaking of Last of Us, you actually have that for you, for your solo one that you do on Multiverse, on Multiverse of Ginkdom. You have episode two yeah, up, right? quick spoiler one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it's it's a good one. I can't wait to talk about it with everybody to, uh, Wednesday for sure. So, Me either. That's going to be really great. But next week, I'm going to have like two short film reviews that are nominated for the Oscars or shortlisted for the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um. Then this week, I, of course, you're going to be on for Friday with Frenchie. Yes, right. 
That's oh, gonna be another fun one. I was really, I was really excited when he, yeah, that was real. That's fun. <clears throat> All right. Well, that's everything here at Movie Lovers Unite. Thank you so much, Joseph. If there's anything that you wanted to talk about as far as some of your favorite scenes, go on and shoot it in the comment section real quick as well, because you know I would like to know what some of your favorite scenes are. If not, we're gonna go on ahead and close up shop and everything and call it a night. But thank you again, Don. This has always been fun for us to be able to team up and do things together. Oh, oh, I agree. I think we always have a good time, man, talking about this. Definitely. Stuff. It's easy, man. It's easy to talk about this stuff. <laughs> it's so Definitely. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's going to be it for tonight's show. If you guys want to, go back on the replay. Check it out. Tell us what you think of it. What are your favorite scenes? Don't forget to smash that like button. Don't forget to smash the subscribe button. I will be back again for tomorrow. Oh, hold on. We actually have. Oh, what we got? Oh, anything with Buddy Christ, the strip club scene, Rufus, and the bedroom scene. Yep. Yeah. I definitely agree with you. I agree, man. Absolutely. But yeah, go ahead and watch this on replay. I think that you guys are going to laugh your asses off on this review because I know we did. We had a good time reviewing it. And yeah. tomorrow night, I'm going to. I think I have something going on tomorrow night. I don't remember the exact schedule. I need to actually write that stuff down. But anyway, stay tuned. TBA to be announced. And always until next time, guys. Bye-bye. on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR.